polarized opinions expressed on the internet would be censored. We are live. We are live. This is real. Welcome back to Unauthorized Opinions, uopod.com. Like, share, subscribe. It's pure propaganda and it's super cringe, by the way. I literally went to the polls with nothing in mind. I saw a can of orange soda in the parking lot. <laughs> and it's I was like, yeah, there we go. An unopened can of orange soda just chilling <laughs> in the parking lot. I was like, yeah, I got to vote for Trump, dude. Your podcast sucks it's mental mate it's absolutely mental i'll be honest i thought it was kind of offensive when you talk so much about the loch ness monster political climate and andrew treat yourself okay especially if you start i don't know getting getting in good with homeless people unauthorized opinions streaming everywhere at uopod.com guess who's back Back again. I almost started going with Backstreet's back, but Eminem seemed more appropriate for Football Sunday. Detroit Lions don't care about them. Probably going to lose. Welcome back to Unauthorized Opinions, uopod.com, audio listeners, Spotify, gang, Apple Podcast, gang, Google Podcast, gang, of course, YouTube, Getter, if it works, who knows, Rumble, we love you, Twitter, X, X, going to give it to you. There's another one, we love you. And of course, um twitch if anybody's watching there growing every week on the channel a lot of growth last week actually a lot of it i'm just gonna say that out right here the title is you're not obese enough today we're gonna prove that to you but i mean we're already demonetized on youtube we've we've seen that already in the back end of things but the real title for today is you're not obese or trans enough trans am transmission transphobe no not that one. That's the one we're trying to avoid. But that's the real title for today. You're not thing enough, right? And what's interesting about this is that we've we've sort of been battling this in the culture war for the last seven, eight years, the tr- post-Trump era of, you know, pro-fat positivity, obesity is cool, being weird and disgusting is cool, sexually, of course, transgender is cooler than normal people. As long as you have a thing that's typically viewed as abnormal, it's supposed to be better than normal, right? Everybody's trying to find their own niche. No harm, no foul there, of course. But when it when it gets favorably pushed on the 95% of the rest of the population, everybody's sort of like, hey, okay, back up a bit. And nothing gets rejected more than the fat positivity movement. Why? Because people who are fat are actually unhappy that they're fat. And people don't like looking at it as a form of, hey, this is the greatest thing in the world and we should be promoting it. And I saw this article floating around here and it's basically saying that, you know, women who are thin shouldn't be promoted in the media. Now, we've seen the 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 fat Victoria's Secret catalog or whatever it is, the the trans Sports Illustrated imaging. And then the Miss Universe with a couple of dudes in it. And it's pretty clear of what the agenda is here. So now I want to get this out of the way and say, don't care if it's OnlyFans, you know, I don't think you should be promoting that. I don't think that's a good thing. But the fact that it's being promoted isn't a crime in itself. So this is what happened. This is from The Sun, I think, or The, the Daily Star in the UK. Racy models overtly sexual billboard banned for causing widespread offense. Of course, we're offended in England. We can't not be offended in England. That's basically 
what England's for at this point is is being offended, so offended that you will just let anything happen, but not if it's a non-obese woman. This OnlyFans star has seen her billboard banned after the Advertising Standards Authority said it was overtly sexual and could cause widespread offense. The ASA received 12 complaints, a big 12, which I guess is representative of a larger number when you get a certain amount of complaints. But it showed model and influencer M. Rose wearing a bra and a silk top open to the fronts. But the complainants, which included London Borough of Haringey, said it was too close to a youth center, schools, and a roller skating rink where kids would see it. The way that they're advertising this, or the way that they're justifying this, and here it is for those of you who want to see what it is. It's this, and they're saying it's too close to certain things. Where is this attitude for anything else? It's not existent. Because if this was a morbidly obese woman at Times Square, which we've seen and we will bring up, then it would all be well and good. That's the problem here. This woman doesn't have... She's not disabled. She's not morbidly obese. She's not pretending to be a man. She's not a guy in a dress, which we've seen with other guys. If that was the case, then this would be allowed and it would be celebrated. At this point, we're going to... We're going to... Bring up obese, you know, billboard. Is that going to come up with what we're looking for? I think it will. But you know what I'm saying? If this was, you know, a 350-pound woman who may be... Uh, what's coming up here? I got to show you guys. Save the whales. That's that's pretty funny. But we get screwed over by the Brave browser again. If this was showing any sort of... What's the word? cross intersectionality then that would be a completely different story and we don't have to go back too far to find that in fact we only have to go back a few days to find a different um you know a different version of this they did this for a different model in july um, Eliza Rose Watson fallen victim being shadow banned by social media platforms. She decided to promote the old fashioned way with billboards. The 31 year old with 2.7 million followers purchased a couple of billboards in London, New York, according to the recovered addict turned gym, gym junkie. She spoke, spent $23,000 on billboards. She hopes will do more than more than promote her page. She wants to help change the perception around adult modeling. Well, that's stupid. Obviously I told you from the outset, we weren't going to agree with why they're doing it. It's just that they should be allowed to do it because they're spending money. It's not showing any nudity as we can see on this one as well. It's basically a bra commercial and England's got some weird problem with this. England's got some weird problem with this. As we can go back, and I mentioned we've been doing it for since 2017, we've been fighting against this stuff. The London mayor banned subway ads to promote unhealthy and unrealistic body shapes. See, this is where it really comes from. In England, they do not want to promote anyone who's not obese for some reason, or at least, you know, showing some sort of mental illness or showing some sort of uh, intersectionality where they see fit in leftism, where they can say, hey, this is what's been an underrepresented. Uh, underrepresented and this is you know in the heat of it 2016 june 14th just a few months before the trump election this stuff was on fire london mayor city combats banned subway ads that promote unhealthy and unrealistic body types and what was the ad it was because it was a weight loss ad showing a woman who was not 600 pounds okay and you look at this and you say okay that's a woman in a bikini and 
and they had all these things. This was in the height of the pro-fat movement, right? You had Milo Yiannopoulos going on um, shows calling women obese and fat and gargoyles and whatnot. You had other women going on and saying this is not, this is not what people want to see. And you also had other women saying, hey, you know, this is a health problem, like uh, nutritionists and stuff saying this is a health problem. And they were still pushing it. And we thought, we kind of thought we were over this. I think most people did. And if people had qualms about what it was and, and what I'm talking about, then here's your evidence. We have this Calvin Klein ad, of course, which is a woman on her deathbed in a few years. Gigantic billboard. She's speaking her truth in her Calvins, you guys. Um, her truth is, you know, extra large fries, <laughs> um, three hash browns, and of course a Diet Coke. That's her truth that she's speaking into the box, and you and you can't say it. There's other ones. If we want to show this one now, you know, this is, of course, a transgender model who is also obese. So if we compare these, we've got transgender model, obese. We've got obese woman of couleur. That's French for you guys. And these are celebrated. They're amazing. And then we go to, you know, normal woman wearing the same amount of clothes as the, the large woman. And then we've got subway ad woman in a bathing suit promoting weight loss. Got very long arms. We won't talk about that. These things are bad. Trans or morbidly obese thing good. Women who are normal size, you know, completely bad promoting fitness. And it doesn't even matter what they're promoting because obviously nobody cares about uh, promoting OnlyFans. These can be equally bad, you know. But which ones get the backlash? Nobody says pornography promotion is good. But nobody also says, you know, seriously promoting transgenderism. And obesity is also good. Either none of it's allowed or all of it's allowed. And as it stands, what the establishment wants you to believe is the good thing is being anything but normal. Why? Because if you're not a part of the majority, if you're part of that like 10%, then you can blame the other 90%, the establishment, for all your problems. Now, they could very well be the source of all your problems. I'm not going to sit here and say the government's doing a great job because they're not. And the political establishment is doing a great job, but they're not. But we don't get that specific in these instances. What you're saying is, hey, transgender person, hey, more booty obese girl who, who wants that extra chalupa. You say, you are a permanent underclass and the foot of the people above you, the normies, is never going to come off you because they hate you. Look at Andrew says. He's saying that you're gross and you're ordering too many Fry Supremes only in Canada. So therefore, you need to rise up, take topple this system, topple capitalism, and we'll start anew and everything will be even distri distributed evenly and we'll all be happy and it'll all be a good time. We totally won't go to gulags. We totally won't starve. We totally won't diminish our dollars and way of life. You'll totally get a sweet new type of government housing and a government union job that pays $30 an hour. All that can be given to you if you just topple the society that you have today because see they don't want you to 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 have these freedoms they don't want the morbidly obese person on the billboard they just want to show you these normal people who are sick and disgusting when they should be wanting a 60 foot tall mural of a 
guy in makeup with breast implants. That's what they think you should be having. And if you and if you can't have that 5% of people, 2% of people, then we need to topple the whole system. You see what I'm saying here? It, it all comes down to you're not obese enough, you're not trans enough, you're not weird enough, and if they don't accept you for no matter what, no matter what the thing is about you, you have to be accept not just accepted, but celebrated and given everything. And if you don't, it's because the system is unfair. So topple it. That's just called communism. That's how they institute communism in every country. Except they had to twist it. You know, back in the good old days, back in the 50s or so, or maybe the 1850s, you could be like, look at all these piece of crap farmers. They've got all the, the food. They've got all the land. We got to get rid of them. We'll replace them with you guys because you guys would be better farmers than them and, then, and we'll distribute all, redistribute all their money and everything will be good. That's the old thing to do with communism. And then eventually they realize we can't farm, we can't feed everybody, and we're screwing ourselves. we got to start this country over again. They realize that nobody cared about farmers. That's a separate issue now. That's the climate change thing. They realize nobody really cared about that. So they had to go a different route and they had to say, hey, this is a racial thing. It's a, a body type thing. It's a sexuality thing. Basically, it's an everything thing that you care about, and it's looking good and getting attention for your looks. They pinpointed society, and they're like, what do people care about? They care about getting likes and looking good. So let's put the morbidly obese transgender people at the forefront of the algorithm so they can get all the attention. Everybody's going to hate that, and then we can fight, have them fight against each other. That's the new way that they're doing things. And that's the new communism. It still create the permanent underclass and attack the upper, the bourgeoisie, except now it's the permanent underclasses, you know, being anything but white or, and being fat, just being anything other than a straight white guy. And then the bourgeoisie is just being a guy. It doesn't even get that specific on the other hand. And that's just, that's just who gets affected by it. So we've been battling this since 2016. And there have been people who say, hey, I'm going to battle this myself. And one of them was a professional wrestler. And he decided, hey, I'm a woman. <laughs> I was a muscular WWE star and I lost all my muscle mass when I transitioned. Here I how I transformed my body. I mean, you lost all your muscle mass because you stopped working out and you put hormones in your body. Now, I want to point out this says January 13, but this has been going This story has been going around for years, this guy. And let's also be honest here. Nobody actually knows who this guy is. Was he in the WWE? Yes. Do you actually, can you pick him out from a lineup? No. They don't even mention his wrestling name because that's not the focal point of this. When I was a WWE wrestler, I weighed 280 pounds. My body fat was between six and eight. Now as a female fitness coach, see how easy that works? Now as a female fitness coach, believe me, I weigh 187 pounds. My body fat is about 18%. Sculpting my body to fit my mental self-image has been extremely difficult since there is no reliable guidance on how to lose muscle mass as a trans person. Mind-boggling, I know. I need to figure out this myself. Ultimately, I succeeded, but it was not an easy journey. So, again, isn't it strange that this guy was a big buff guy and... He, he's not getting the attention he de he wants. He's not getting the attention he thinks he deserves. So what's his immediate thought, right? I'm going to become a thin white woman. I don't want to be... A, I, I'm a woman. 
it doesn't make any sense, obviously. I'm, I feel like I'm a woman inside, but instead of just being a woman and having all these muscular <laughs> muscles and saying I'm a woman, what I actually need to be is a thin woman with specific blonde highlights and a specific look of the internet. So it, it's, it's not like... <laughs> it's not like he actually had the idea that he was a woman. He was like, I want to be a specific type of woman that's now the, you know, the alleged sought-after thing. Which is hilarious. Why is it hilarious? Because when this guy becomes a girl, he doesn't say, I want to be the uh, the 60-foot the image of the morbidly ob obese girl here on the billboard. He doesn't say, I want to be that. Even though that's supposed to be bold and beautiful, right? This is supposed to be beauty. This is supposed to be the billboard that this is new beauty. She's speaking her truth. It's in black and white, so you can't see uh, the majority of the stuff that they're photoshopping out here on, on the edges. The arm is barely visible. You don't want to see that bicep. That's supposed to be the beauty. But when this guy becomes a woman, he actually goes for this. He doesn't actually go for the morbidly obese person. He goes for the thing that they say is, is too shocking, right? They, in England, they say it's, it's too much. It's inappropriate. You can't be showing that you can't be shaming things, but what's the first thing that the transgender people do? What's the first thing that guys that want to become women do? They become the thing that, that they, they hate because they couldn't get them right. They become the girl that they think is pretty. But we're at the same time, we're not supposed to like that. At this, all at once, there's no such thing as gender. There's only two gender, or there's there isn't only two genders. There's no such thing as a woman. A woman is whatever you perceive it to be. We can't define that. Um, but traditionally, attractive women are also ugly. You should be morbidly obese. But when you go to become a woman, you actually become the thing that you're you're supposed to hate, right? None of it makes any sense. So either you're not obese enough. But you can become trans, but you got to be trans in a way that, you know, traditionally is supposed to be attractive. So you, you feel like a woman so much that you want to become the women that aren't supposed to be the, the role model for women. It doesn't make any sense, which is why you've got to throw this all out, right? This guy who's a wrestler, throw everything he says into the trash. He has no idea what he's talking about because he says he feels like a woman. So why do you have to change? You have to give you have to align your your personhood your your looks with how you feel inside and somehow it's that and somehow this is this is how this guy feels inside he feels like a girl who is actually trying to be like an instagram model this is how he, is this how he would have felt 20 years ago 20 years ago he didn't have a different image of himself that looked like the popular image of a woman at the time in in 1992 this guy didn't feel like he looked like Blossom or something. Is that what you're telling me? Or did he just go with whatever he thinks is prettiest now? Because he wants the attention that a girl gets because he couldn't make it in professional wrestling. That's what it comes down to. We hate all this stuff, but in the end, it, we hate it because we want... They hate us because they ain't us, is what they said. Um, Seth Green and James Franco. We're pretty much done with Seth Green at this point in the culture, you guys. And by pretty much mean we're definitely done with Seth Green. New York Times is going after the Nelk boys. And if you're not familiar with Nelk, their multimedia company, you know, they've got their booze, they've got their clothing, they've got prank videos, or at least that's how they started. 
They they're into sports stuff. They're always hanging out at the UFCs, and it's been a while I think since anybody's attacked them. But it's time they got their Dave Portnoy treatment, is what the mainstream media is saying. And now what they're prophesizing is that, you know, what people have known all along, really, is that they like tobacco. But now they're saying that it's underhanded deals. And now these the Nelk guys are smart. Kyle, the leader of it, is smart. He knows what he's doing. But the difference is, is they can't handle when people are just enjoying themselves. So whether or not it's them drinking their beers, their happy dads, which they've always done, or having packs of nicotine in their mouth, they're just doing what they're doing. If Are they getting paid for it? I don't know. I, don't, I personally don't care. But let's see some of the allegations are going up against. He explains it. Boys, so I woke up to a ton of messages today that we made the New York Times. Let's check out this article. So first of all, I click on this horse shit, and you can't even fucking read it for free. I mean, who the fuck is paying for the New York Times anymore? My dad's fucking 63. I don't think he's paying for the fucking New York Times. I had to figure out a way to fucking hack the shit and read it. Before we get into this, written by Emily Dreyfus. Let's see this chick. Holy mother of pearl, boys. This girl looks like she railed fucking eight grams of molly before writing this article. Molly consumption aside, this article is about the video we did with Tucker Carlson when we surprised him with the biggest Zinn container for Christmas. And she's basically alluding to the fact that we might be working with Philip Morris, which bought Zinn for $16 billion, under the table, and they're secretly paying us to promote Zinn. So I didn't even see this email until now, till I searched it up, but these journalists always have an agenda in a way that they want to spin the story. So she did email us, but she says, I'll need a response on record by tomorrow morning. They don't even give you any time to respond. They don't even give a fuck. So she's asking. I want to add something in there to the, you know, giving him notice thing. Generally, when people write articles, they, and they know they're not going to get a response. You you're supposed you have to email anyway if you're you know characterizing somebody in a certain way or you're making a judgment call for for the most part you're talking to a company talking about a company or a person and they haven't given a response or a comment and they're not you know the president um, you should reach out for a comment generally they're not going to get back to you um, and generally in a story like this where you where it's not timely you give them adequate time to respond. It was the same thing with Dave Portnoy. If you remember his video, you know, they were calling up these people. They called him, or he called them, and he said, you're calling up all these people. You haven't given me a chance to respond. They said, we're going to give you a chance to respond the day before we do it. But it's a profile on him. It's not breaking news. The Nelk Boys having an ad, or sorry, having a, um, a video with Tucker Carlson being accused of doing an ad secretly, that's not a timely thing. That happened weeks ago. You're you're not doing anything breaking here. You can give them time to respond. And frankly, if you give them time to respond and give them an interview, um, you're going to get more traction because it's not going to look like a hit piece when you have their stuff in it. I mean, it, it was always going to be that anyways, but that's all I wanted to clear up is when you have an article that isn't timely and you're not trying to get it out because, you know, Joe Biden just fell and you want to report it out there, you're not going to say, hey, Joe Biden's office, you have you have six days to respond to um, tell us why Joe Biden slipped on a banana peel like it's Mario Kart. If you're doing a profile on the Nelk Boys and why you hate them, you don't, you don't have to email them a day before and say we're getting it out in the morning. You're doing that because you don't really want them to respond and you want to get it out there without their comment, without 
them getting the chance to say, no, none of this is true. Because once it's already out there, then you can say, oh, I'll correct it and say that's not true. Um, so basically, the, it, it appears that they're trying to, to pin them on some sort of underhanded deal. And before they can come out and reject that, they're just going to publish it. And then they'll go ahead and make the corrections after they've already gotten the damage done. And why would you do that? Because you're a writer who has an opinion about the Nelk Boys and Tucker Carlson, and you want to get it out there us a bunch of questions do you get paid by philip morris was this a marketing stunt have they ever sent you gifts you know maybe sent you a bunch of fucking hookers for you and the boys no we only do this for one reason we just love packing fucking zinskis we love throwing in upper deckers we like catching a little buzz what really pisses me off about it is that this girl literally got our boy fucking chetty fucking freezer his tiktok account deleted look she even says right here i asked tiktok about it and it appears that the account has been removed after I asked the company about it. Like, she's literally bragging that, like, she reached out and got his account deleted. I don't know. Maybe her whole agenda, she's banging someone else at another tobacco conglomerate or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. But, Emily, I think you need to take a fucking chill pill. Or here, I got a little fucking upper deck ski for you right here. Put that right up. Let's see, right up there. Oh, yeah, top shelf, like fucking Austin Matthews. On track to be so obviously he's going to demolish them. He's going to demolish them in, uh, in, in looking cool. But I want to point out another part where they, they ask all these questions, right? Um, do you receive compensations or gifts from Philip Morris International, its affiliates or contractors? I mean, generally when you ask people questions like this, it's, in per it's pertaining to something that's already happened, right? So if I'm going to write an article about the Nelk Boys and they go out and they give Tucker Carlson this giant nicotine thing. You're going to ask them something like, where did you get the giant nicotine thing? Was that provided by Philip Morris? Did Philip Morris pay you to do that? Did Philip Morris deliver it themselves? You ask some questions about stuff that's already happened. Um, not say, hey, can you, would you like to admit to any crimes? I mean, they talk. the article talks about how rich Nelk is, and we'll get to that in, in a second. But the email, it's like, do you really think that that uh, Kyle from Nelk here and Nelk management and lawyers are going to say, yeah, we get gifts from them all the time and, w and we're one of its contractors and affiliates and we get compensated by them and we get taken on vacation by them. Let's, it, it, it's like when you watch cops and they're just like, please admit to, to some crimes or something. And they're just like, do you have anything else in the car? Is there anything else you want to tell us? Do you want to, uh, do you want to tell us who was with you? It's like, please admit to some crimes. It's pretty insulting for them to go out and just say, Hey, Kyle, would you like to confess any crimes in this email to the New York Times? I'm guessing that there's only two options here. One, this woman hates Nelk so much and Tucker Carlson so much for what they stand for that she's trying to insult them with her questions. Or two, she thinks the New York Times is so important because she gets reactions like they had from uh, TikTok there that she thinks she's going to scare them into saying something. She doesn't actually know how big they are. And and she wrote their sales, but, you know, I'm leaning towards the first one as I talk, but the only other option would be, you know, she thinks that she's really getting them and really scaring them. Because for some people, uh, an email from the New York Times or the Washington Post has a lot of weight behind it, right? If you're one of these people that isn't too familiar with what they do, and that's fine if you're not. I'm not judging that. I'm saying with the, that email suffix of at New York Times or at Washington Post or at the Wall Street Journal. That's heavy for a regular person. That's going to come down on you. So when they start, you know, can basically, allegedly, accusing you of crimes or things that you haven't publicized before, 
it's gonna it's gonna feel like the weight of the world is about to come down on you. Now, obviously, that's not gonna happen for Kyle. Obviously, Dave Portnoy didn't feel that way, but this article had a lot of vibes of that sort of thing. So I basically, you know, control F'd Nelk in this, and it came up a few to- six times, including the video with Tucker Carlson there where they deliver him the giant Zin package. But um, they talk about you know how much they sold in 2020 in merchandise. And they brought the giant Z, Zin 10 from a helicopter. Carlson said it's the greatest day in his life. And uh, they even say they they emailed Tucker Carlson. He responded pretty funny because he said that uh, Zin cures erectile dysfunction. And then Zin said, no, it doesn't. Actually, Mr. Carlson. And they just go about talking like you would talk if, if, if you're trying to tackle somebody, if you're trying to bring them down, it's very reminiscent of the whole tr- attempt to take down Dave Portnoy. We can't know for sure how many children follow the Nelk Boys. Social media companies generally don't release granular age-related data. But blah, 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 it's somewhere in, you know, 800,000 children that follow Nelk. And then the rest of the article writes itself, right? Hey, they're promoting Zin, which is a tobacco Hey, a lot of children follow them. You guys need to cancel them. That's the the purpose and the purposeful direction of this article. You saw it themselves, whether they did it directly or indirectly with TikTok. That is the goal. They have 800,000 people, children allegedly watching them on YouTube. That is the goal to get them banned from that. That's why they do these things, to get people to not work with them. These things are specifically written, one, to directly get people fired or banned or canceled. And two is to create a reference from other people. Now, if you don't know that, I would say you're either a new writer, you're a little bit naive, or or you're not good enough at your job. Because if you've been paying attention to this stuff for three, four, five years, and you start to research some of these things, maybe for somebody you agree with, maybe you agree with Nelk, right? And this article pops up and you're just like, wow, is that true? Then you go and search for tw- for other sources, and you see that 20 other articles have either correctly or incorrectly cited this New York Times article. Now, it's all coming from the same source, none of it's new information, but it's going to appear on 25 different things. And one of the, th- the big claims is going to be all it takes for all these places to come up with their own stuff. You're going to find that all these different hit pieces on one person all stem back to one, two, or three sources or one, two, or three claims that cannot be proven. Here in this article, the claim is is that they're they're followed by at least 800,000 children. It's The video about Zen has been viewed X amount of times. Uh, they didn't respond. And, you know, what they're really doing is they're promoting bad stuff to kids, so we need to cancel them. That's the meaning behind all of this. And if you can't see the forest through the trees, it's going to take it to happen. It's going to take for it to happen to somebody you know, somebody you're a big fan of, or so forth. Because once you read one of these articles, and then you check back a few days later, they're going to see four, five, six, seven of them copying the same thing. And if it's not a person as big as Nelk, if it's not as a, per- a person as big as Tucker Carlson or Dave Portnoy, that's how a person gets ruined, right? If they can't stand on their own two feet without the platform they're on, or maybe some advertisers, things are going to get really tough. And that's what this person wants to do, allegedly, right? I don't know this person. I've never heard of this writer. But that's what the goal usually is to do. I don't like this person. I think they're a harm for the, whatever the opposite of the greater good good is, a greater harm for society or for politics. We need to take them down a notch. 
and I'm going to do so using the power of my byline. See what I'm saying? I, I disagree with them, so let's write this article. Let's put pressure on other places by using the power of my byline and the power of the publication I'm working for. And let's put some pressure on YouTube and TikTok and all these companies um, who will hopefully take them down. And that's how it works. You use the publication to try to get these people taken down. Now, if that's your prerogative, just come out and say it, I would say. Just say, hey, I don't like these people. I don't think they should be um, promoted like this. But there's no, like, do you really think this woman has a problem with tobacco? Do you think this woman goes out and, and if somebody has a kid and they have a cigarette in their hand, she's just like, that person should be smoking in front of their child? What a terrible uh, influence they've been on. Or, no. Progressives at New York Times think, think everything bad is okay. They think, you know, giving a, a, a child substances. <laughs> I don't want to make any claims. I don't have the powerful lawyers that some of these people have. Um, but you, you get what I'm saying? Is there's no way a progressive person is is saying you know pornography is bad, smoking and cigarettes is bad, and transing your children is bad. I don't believe personally that any of this stuff is going to be condemned actually by these people. But they want to put on the they want to put on themselves on a high a high horse here. They want to put themselves above everybody else and say uh, this is actually bad. Even though I don't really think it's bad, these people are bad. So I'm going to use any form of ammunition I can to try to take them down. And that's where these things come from. And it's sad. And, you know, a guy like Kyle can see this coming from a mile away once he sees the questions. And, and and if you're at the New York Times, you're hoping that you can basically scare some people and scare some places into doing these things. And more and more, it's becoming harder to do that. And more and more people aren't falling for it. But, but you know, some things take traction. The Dave Portnoy thing, again, if he didn't fight back, you know, they, they were calling people from... Uh, he's had photos with, they, they put out the message, anyone who's met him or talked to him, call me up. Then they, they tried to do the pizza festival thing, say you're a scumbag. It never ends. If they don't like what you're doing and you're getting too big, they're going to assign, you know, Sally McShovelface there to, to do something horrible or write something horrible about you and hope that it gains traction. Now, another big outlet, and is this... Is this the Wall Street Journal? Yeah, we're going back to the Wall Street Journal who who attacked Dave Portnoy. This has been a big topic for a long time, and it's what pe- a lot of people who are proponents against the use of marijuana are talking about and have talked about. I remember when Justin Trudeau was elected to prime minister, one of the big mistakes that the conservative party in Canada made was putting out commercials that were anti-marijuana. They were saying your brains are going to get psychosis from them. They were the ones saying, you know, it's bad. Ended up being legalized by Trudeau. You know, seen by many as his best and only good move, probably. But um, this has been a claim for a long time. Especially as people who are young, under 22 or 25, before your brains are developed, they say you have a chance of psychosis. What that really means, I'm not exactly sure. Let's read on. This is from the Wall Street Journal. It says, more teens who use marijuana are suffering from psychosis. Potent cannabis and more frequent use are contributing to higher rates of psychosis. Again, I don't know what that means. Braxton Clark was in high school. He used marijuana to control his emotions. At 17, he used it every day. Doubtful. Doubtful. He probably just liked the way it was. When he was 18, he had a psychotic episode after using cannabis and was admitted to hospital. He spent the next three years sober. Then one day, he tried cannabis again. Before long, he was back in the hospital. I'd lost my faculties. I wasn't making sense. He's now 24. 
He's been sober a year and is thriving in college with the help of medication. Doctors have diagnosed him with a psych psychotic disorder brought on by using cannabis. I mean, we are four paragraphs in here and, and already now this isn't meant to be a pro marijuana segment, but if we're going to, if we're going to psychoanalyze an article here from a critical standpoint, we're going to go ahead and say one, he's a teenager. He doesn't know what he's talking about when he says I need marijuana to control my emotions. Two, we don't know what psychotic disorder means. We haven't defined it. And three, does anyone you know in your current life when you're in high school and you're in college, does anybody know anybody who had a psychotic episode from using marijuana or getting psychosis who lost their faculties? The fourth thing would be, it doesn't sound like weed. If you have a psychotic episode and, you know, something like this happens to you, it doesn't sound like you smoked weed to me. Just like if you take a shot of tequila, or you take five shots of tequila, or you take ten shots of tequila, and you kill somebody, you know, it doesn't sound like it was, like, like you go up and murder somebody, it doesn't sound like it was the tequila, it sounds like it was, you know, PCP or something else in the tequila, or you were planning on killing somebody. That's my point. Not that these drugs will necessarily make you kill somebody, but when something completely out of the ordinary happens... You smoke a cigarette and you have this overwhelming desire to make a cheesecake. These two things sound very unrelated, probably because they are. That's my point here. Let's read on. Braxton is among thousands of teenagers and young adults who have developed delusions and paranoia. Okay, that's a little bit more reasonable after using cannabis. Legalization efforts have made cannabis more readily available in much of the country. More frequent use is at many times as potent as strains common... The most more frequent use of marijuana that is many times as potent as strains common three decades ago is leading to more psychotic episodes. This isn't the cannabis of 20, 30 years ago. Now this is true. Everybody and their mother will tell you that, you know, they've pretty much perfected cannabis. Like it's the difference between, I don't know, 40 proof alcohol. You're getting, you're getting some absinthe that's 60, 70% that tastes like turpentine, or you're having a beer, which is 6% alcohol, a nice, a nice lager, a nice stout, even though those probably wouldn't be some James Reddy, 6.6% alcohol. That's the technical difference between potency. Of course, you know, it's not, it's not the same thing at all. Just like alcohol and PCP isn't the same thing. Marijuana and alcohol are not the same thing. There's levels to this ish, right? Um, paranoia and delusions, probably. The delusion you're probably going to come to is like, you know, people don't like you as much as you hoped, or you don't have as much confidence in your career. The paranoia is going to be like, oh my God, are my parents coming down? Oh my God, have I paid all my bills? That's the sort of things. And again, this isn't a pro-marijuana segment. This is called being realistic. If this was an article about how, um, you know, 20,000 teens a year were taking we're drinking bud light and it was turning them literally transgender i would say that's probably not the case you know i'd say it's probably not what's doing it the the cans of bud light i don't think are directly turning them trans i don't think so um but let's let's keep reading this strong weed i don't know if that leads directly to psychosis or psychotic episodes rates of diagnosis for cannabis induced disorders were more than 50 percent higher at the end of november Symptoms of serious mental disorders, including schizophrenia. Now, that's the one I've read about before. Often emerge in adolescence. Cannabis can't be isolated as a culprit in any particular case, 
But large studies show a clear link between frequent and more potent cannabis use to higher rates of psychosis, particularly in young users. Now, if I was being overly critical again, I would say, considering they said they can't be isolated as the culprit, if we were to apply that to other things, let's say a little thing that ends in 19, a little bit a little bit of sickness ends in 19, where people have 4.4 4, 4, 4, uh, comorbidities, and we scroll up to the, the top of this, articles, this article, and they say um, he's been giving a lot, a lot of help with medication. I'm starting to put 6 and 6 together, and I'm, it's not equaling 13, you know what I'm saying? We can't really pin it down to cannabis. We're making a loose connection here. Um, but he's all better now because we've given him pharmaceutical drugs. It sounds to me more like people with mental disorders are smoking weed. They're probably doing other drugs. And they're saying, instead of doing these drugs, take our drugs. Isn't that kind of always the case? You know, you, you could use chicken noodle soup. You could use neocitrin. But why don't you just get this thing into your arm? Why don't you get the flu shot? Our drugs are better. You could take aspirin. You could take Tylenol. You could take um, Advil if we're going through brands of things. But our drug, the government's drug is better. The big, the other pharmaceutical company's drug is better. You guys could be smoking weed, but that could lead to psychosis. So please, only our drugs are good. Again, I'm not saying that this is the point of the article, but but I'm reading between the lines here, and you got to start to notice uh, similarities between these sorts of things. We can't tell you. we This isn't actually what it is. We can't tell you that's what it is. But we wrote a whole article about it, so that's got to mean something. Everyone, psychotic episode following cannabis use was associated with 47% chance of a person developing schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. A 2017 study in the American Journal showed the risk was highest for people 16 to 25 years old and higher for instances including it substance okay okay the risk was highest for people 16 to 25 years old makes sense your brain's developing higher than for substances substances including amphetamines hallucinogens opioids and alcohol so you're telling me that weed is more dangerous than amphetamines, hallucinogens, opioids, and alcohol. I mean, is that what it's saying? Am I misreading this? The risk was highest for people 16 to 25 year olds, and higher for the sub than for substances. <laughs> I can't read because it's so shocking. Higher than for substances including amphetamines, hallucinogens, opioids, and alcohol. At Boston's Children's Hospital. Doctors are treating more children developing psychotic disorders from cannabis use. Nearly a third of adolescents they see for checkups say they are using cannabis. About a third of children using cannabis report experiencing hallucinations or paranoia. See, you're not convincing me here because these are not direct links. Again, up here you said you can't pinpoint any of these things. And you're telling me they all use it. But these kids are probably, like, are these kids just admitting to using weed, but they're actually using much other things? You don't hallucinate on marijuana. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't hallucinate on marijuana. You don't hallucinate on alcohol. These are just not things that happen. You can be paranoid. You can be sketched out. You can maybe hear a little something. Like, you can hear things more closely. The idea of actually hallucinating, as in seeing something that you're that's not actually there, is not a thing from this plant. I'm sorry. Canadian sorry. 
This is not a pro-weed segment. This is a does this article make sense segment because we're seeing it more and more. It's a lot of my life figuring out what to do with these kids, Dr. Sharon Levi said. Until recently, marijuana referred to plant material. These days it can mean plant extract containing highly concentrated THC. The substance responsible for marijuana's intoxicating effects or lab-creating derivatives that we're, now we're getting into, see how we're sliding these things in here? Lab-created derivatives. Spice, I believe it's called. Fake weed, meant to simulate the effects. That stuff's going to mess you up. Cannabis has become more potent and its associated risks with higher rates of psychotic disorders. Psychotic episodes following cannabis use could be more likely to lead to chronic psychiatric problems for those following consumption of other illicit drugs. Average percentage of THC in cannabis sample size seized by the Drug Enforcement Administration. I mean, they're seizing more and more power. Like, 16%, though. I'd Again, if you're not in the know, like, if you don't know... And, it's going to sound like I smoke a ton of weed, but I actually don't bear, like don't smoke any at all. The average percentage of THC in cannabis samples seized by the Drug Administration is upwards of 16%. If you go to your local neighborhood cannabis store, you realize that they're selling most stuff between 20 and 30%. So they're seizing stuff that's not actually quite that powerful. And this is why this article is not believable to me, is because they haven't really connected anything. They're saying people who have used marijuana, admitted to using marijuana, are having psychotic, psychotic episodes... And they're telling us here the chances of developing schizophrenia or bipolar disorder after drug-induced psychosis by drug type, you know, 60% of the people or 50% of the people are getting it from weed as opposed to opioids, the biggest problem in North America, cocaine, sedatives, amphetamines. I mean, I think this is just what people are admitting to. This is attacking young brains, said Dr. Ronit Love. Scientific advice... like. And if, you're, and if you're telling me that what they're smoking or what they're seizing is 16%, you know, in order to cause psychosis, I'm thinking this has got to be, these people have been finding some magical crazy weed that's upwards of like 50% or more. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's just a factor. It can be a good factor. It can be a bad factor, somebody says. Dr. Karen Randall moved to Pueblo, Colorado for a job in an emergency room more than a decade ago. She thought it would be like retiring early. She bought a ranch. I see more psychotic people here than I did in Detroit. We're just making this huge population of people who can no longer, who we can no longer fix. Randy smoke started smoking as a freshman in high school. By the time he was old enough to move out, his life had spun out of control. I'd like to go back to, and we don't need to show this person's face. I'd like to go back to a joke that Joe Rogan used to say and say that like when people used to talk about how weed ruins people's lives, he would say that it's just because they're losers and they've done it all to themselves. I would tend to agree. And not because there's no harms for smoking weed. Not that young people should smoke it. They shouldn't. Uh, the brain's still developing, right? And not. And I'm not saying anything, anything listed here is not possible. But this is not compelling evidence. And it's been the same non-compelling evidence for about a decade or more now. Probably more. Probably about 20 years. That's when I first started reading about this stuff when I was 17 or 18. Is that it's causing psychosis. Um, but the evidence has never been very compelling even as they say the, the percentage is going way up. But as Joe Rogan has said in the past, it's more likely that this person has their own issues going on or they're dealing with other things. Is it really the alcohol that, that's a person's problem? Have you watched enough 
you know, intervention to know that a lot of these people who are addicted to amphetamines or addicted to heroin, it's not really the heroin that is the source of the problem. Of course, using it is very bad, but most of these people end up being uh, molested. Their parents beat them. Their, their father was a heroin addict. These sorts of things. It's, it's generally the person, usually something alcohol or marijuana, you know, this is ruining your life. There, there's usually a, a thing that you're not dealing with, right? And that's where I tend to lean on this issue until I see something more convincing other than that article, I guess. We're going to move on now. What time is it? Daylight savings doesn't matter. You know, circling back to the stuff we were talking about earlier, the uh, you got to be super fat or, or whatever to be on a billboard, you, you start to see what comes out as, you know, it's been happening for years. To be a progressive, you got to be um, pro-obesity, you got to be pro-segregation, you got to be pro-trans, and now we're kind of seeing that you got to be pro-Palestine. <laughs> pro you know, on the right wing, it's kind of be pro-Israel, right? But... I believe that there are fundamental differences between the arguments we're seeing here in against Palestine or against Israel. You know, I think you need some sort of historical reference to to have a, a reasonable opinion on this. And I think the historical reference that is most prevalent at this point is the fact that these people don't have any historical references. And when you see people walking around in a video, and this is from Scanner, which is a part of TimCast, you see all these Palestinian flags free Palestine, right? That's an argument to be had. An argument to be had is, what is Israel doing? What has Palestine done in response? How far back does this go? You know, um, Muslims, Jewish people, that sort of argument. But I think a much easier argument to have, though, is where does this fit in with leftism? And I think when we've got Bosnian flags for some reason, and now, like I mentioned the other day, we were going to start seeing South African flags popping up. I think it starts to become more clear that, you know, and we've got an ISIS flag here as well, of course. What it starts to be here is this overwhelming umbrella term of progressivism. You know, you've probably got, I don't know, do you want to say half of the people here? Population-wise, it's probably not possible. Maybe a third of people here, you know, Muslim people, pro-Palestine, against Israel. That's its own argument. But when you get, you know, white women and teens and all these other people waving South African and Bosnian flags because, you know, Bosnia had a, a war with Islam, you start to see that it's basically an overwhelming leftism argument. If you are a leftist, you're supposed to be pro-trans, pro-obesity, pro-abortion, anti-gun, anti-free speech, and also now pro-Palestine. So they're getting all roped into this. And you're going to see in this video, like I mentioned, you know, South Africa flags are popping up. But the easier argument here is, you know, I think that's an Irish flag. They're trying to bring everybody in here. And you know that's not the Palestinian people. You know the Palestinian people aren't saying, hey, um, South African people, we have the same plight. You most certainly do not. Hey, ISIS people, I don't know, maybe that is, but um, you would have to hope that they're not pro-ISIS. I mean, I think that's the Saudi Arabia flag. But one thing you can that you can easily argue 
is where do the trans flags come in? We've got a gay, I th that almost looks like an Ottawa Senators gay pride flag. If, if this is in Canada, I wouldn't be surprised. No, that's an anti a gay Antifa flag. So you know the Palestinians aren't the fondest of the LGBTs. You know the Palestinians aren't the fondest of the T portion of that. Specifically, it's in here somewhere. There's, here, here we, this is the money shot here. We've got Palestine. We've got, we're marching for the people in Gaza. And we've got, I think, uh, we've got the trans flag here. We've got the trans fla pride flag here. And there's a lot of trans flags in here. And I'd like to know where the crossover comes. So that's the argument I'm talking about, is the easier argument here is not who's right and who's wrong in this, is this just another leftist ploy here to try to be divisive? And I think it is. I think when you get, you know, 100,000 people out and 75,000 of them are the same people who are in Antifa riots and BLM riots and Women's March and Trans Day and Pride Parade things, I think it becomes fairly obvious what's going on here. And it's that people don't actually care about a particular issue. They care about, you know, going to a street party and exploiting an issue so that they can say they're a victim, along with give me money, please. And that's what a lot of it comes down to. When you've got, you know, 10 transgender flags walking in the middle of a, a, pa a pro-Palestine event, either those people are, you know, right-wing bigoted plants, or they're people who say, hey, everybody who I agree with is, you know, big climate change activists, they want to stop oil, they're they're pro-trans people, and they're also pro-Palestine. So I'm probably welcomed there. A little bit lacking in the historical reference, don't you think? A little bit lacking. So what we have here is yet another issue, yet another conflict like Ukraine and Russia, where it's like pick a side, and the conservatives seem to be in the establishment on the Israeli side, and you know the progressive establishment seems to be on the Palestinian side, not John Fetterman, though. And they say, well, obviously I'm on the side that's, you know, progressive, right? The Palestinian side. So I better wave that triangle flag with the circle and the dot and everything and the pink and the blue. Not knowing what would actually happen as, you know, LGBT thing in Palestine. We all know, okay? We don't have to say it. We don't have to get kicked off YouTube to say it. It's kind of like the... like. Antifa and Islam working together, right? They agree until they disagree. They agree until they disagreed on, you know, drag queen story time in Canada and in England. And guess who's going to win that one? Islam's going to win that one. I don't think nobody thinks that, you know, guy who's confused about his gender is going to lose against guy who's very sure that he wants Islam to be the dominating force in the world. So it becomes very clear that this leftism thing as a whole, this whole progressivism, and I'm not saying ban political ideas when I say this. I'm not saying, you know, crack some skulls on some political rallies. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying, you know, ideologically, it has to go. Like, when you, when you get people who, th who are so historically inept and psychologically confused or ideologically confused and they really they're so desperate to go out and be part of something that they don't understand at all that they're saying hey free palestine but also transgender rights 
your opinion has got to go, okay? That's that's a person who really, really, really is just siding with things just to be part of something. And is that a symptom of society as a whole that you're so desperate to be a part of something that you think um, they're opening the trans arts museum in Gaza? Yes, that, that is a bad sign for society that people will think that. But the fact that there are powers that be that say, welcome in those people, let them march with us, don't tell them that we completely disagree. Don't tell them that there's roof roof activity going on. Don't tell them that there's stoning and caning activity going on. Just bring them in and we'll deal with them later because we need to get this other side so badly. When that's the predominant thing that's happening, which is what's happened the past four or five years with Antifa and BLM, which is destroy everything until um, we can you know, sort out our bedroom later. It's a real problem because the destruction will not be rebuilt when you have these different factions fighting. When you've got Antifa saying, hey, we can't have laws, and then the Islamic regime saying, hey, Islam's in charge now, and then the transgender people saying, hey, um, why aren't we getting any more free stuff, and why aren't you, you know, abiding by our gender ideology? The country doesn't get rebuilt that way. It becomes some sort of either theocracy or some sort of terrible communist regime or, you know, a big orgy of some kind. <laughs> that's what happens when that that's how, you know, things aren't going in the right direction. And that's how, you know, people don't actually care. Because the only thing that they wouldn't accept there, you know, I can't even think of anything because we've seen swastikas at these pro-Palestine events. You can't even say that they wouldn't accept that there. But if it was on the other side. No matter what side that is, it doesn't have to be Republican side. It could be a libertarian or something side. You know, you'd say, I don't want to be associated with this. The The French party up here in Canada would say, I don't want to be associated with, you know, the English flag or something. They'd say, this is our thing. We're going to set the boundary here. In this weird leftist chasm of bring everything in as long as it destroys whitey, <laughs> there's not really any borders being made any limits being made because they just want to tear everything down and when you, you show up to a street party and you don't it, it, an environmental street party and you leave garbage everywhere that pretty much tells you where you're at doesn't it uopod.com um we've got one more thing to get to but we're going to get to uopod.com just for you guys to tell you about the patreon uh podcast that we've been doing every single week here um bonus podcast comes out every week towards the end of the week and what i can tell you is something is coming not winter i'm wearing camp crystal lake thought i was wearing a game of throne things for a second but winter is coming and i want you to go to patreon.com slash you pod as i'm doing it right now and subscribe because we have a bonus podcast every single week and we have a new format coming for stuff every single week or sorry not every single week but next week and you get a bonus podcast. You can become Joe Rogan for just $7 a month. You can become a super fan for just $15 a month. Or you can become an unauthorized person for $40 a month. And you'll be able to suggest topics that we've covered previously in this show. Um, we've covered somebody else giving topics is what I'm trying to say. I'm jumbling over it right now. But for that tier, you can suggest topics. And we will talk about those with a guest or with myself. And we've done it before. So you can see... The Attack of the Doctors from two days ago where we revealed, you know, uh, stuff from Dr. Fauci and Dr. Tedros that you probably haven't seen before. I hadn't seen before, but it's a document 
um, from Dr. Fauci. And then, of course, him saying that social distancing isn't a really a thing that we just made up because it sounded cool. And Dr. Tedros wants you to be vegan. We've got the Cat um, Williams takes. We've got Kwanzaa takes. We've got stuff with Anomaly that you haven't seen before, and we've got stuff with John Doyle that you haven't seen before either. So the bonus podcast isn't the only thing on the Patreon every week. That's what I'm trying to tell you, is that we do have a bonus podcast every single week, but we also have different bonus content. I want to talk about the NFL for a moment before we go. And I want to say that the Buffalo Bills will never win. The Buffalo Bills will never win a Super Bowl. They lost four in a row, and... This is just one more reason why the Bills will never win. They canceled a game, rescheduled it for Monday because of snow. Oh, shit! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hell no! Woo, we're cleaning. We're shirtless. That's crazy. So this is allegedly fans helping to clean out the stadium so it'll be ready for Monday. It was supposed to be on Saturday. But they decided to cancel it. The governor decided to cancel it because there's a storm. Now, this is the stadium, how it looks. And yeah, it's bad. But you bring the plows out. You bring the plows out, you bring the shovels out. You cover the field. You cover the seats. Once the game's about, once people start piling in, you uncover everything. The fans sit there with their foot warmers. They sit there with their hats and their cozies. And you play the damn game, Buffalo. Okay, imagine we didn't have an ice bowl. Imagine we didn't have the Tom Brady tuck game. this The snow game, I believe it's called. Imagine that. You know, my friend drove down to Detroit for a winter classic hockey game, an outdoor game. It was pretty much like this. It was freezing. You play the game on the day it's supposed to be played. You don't get to move it to Monday for better weather. Are you kidding me? It's the Steelers and the Bills. They're used to playing in bad weather, and this is why the Bills will never win a Super Bowl. Their fans don't want to. Just like Leafs fans don't care about winning the Stanley Cup. They would like it. It would be a good change of pace for 70 years. Sorry, 50. Bills have never won a Super Bowl. Lost four in a row. Four championship games in a row. They don't want to win. Heard it from a kid the other day. The boys don't hate to lose. And the boys, in this case, are the owners. Of course they don't. People drive from so far away to go to Bills games, just like people drive from so far away to go to Leafs games. They're going to be aight. But they don't want to win. If this was the New England Patriots, do you think they would cancel this game? No, they would not. If this was in the Steelers' house, they would not cancel this game. They would make it the worst thing possible for the other team to come in and play for. They would turn off the heaters in the other team's dressing room. They would, you know, shittily plow the other team's side of the field so that it's harder for them to get in the end zone. Whatever it is. Different franchises have different beliefs on how they run their teams. And when we're talking about the Leafs, we're talking about the Buffalo Bills, we're talking about a whole swath of certain sports teams. It's about mentality. It's about having a winning mentality. You don't change the game till Monday because it's snowing too much. It's actually not that bad. They played in minus 20 in Kansas City yesterday, I'd like to point out. Minus 20. And Buffalo's afraid of the snow. You just get it over with. You're just making it worse for yourselves. Buffalo Bills, they might win this game 
We'll, we'll track back here and see. We might edit this part out. But this will never be a Super Bowl winning team. They're afraid to play in the snow. Give me a break. Shout out to Lewis Brackpool in the comments. Lots of guys. Not sure what that means, Lewis. Shout out to Paulie Walnuts. Love the Kenny plush toy. I didn't even know it was there for a while. Uh, somebody else put it there, and I was like, we're sticking with it. Shout out YouTube fam, because uh, we're demonetized right right at the beginning of the uh, right at the beginning of the show. Shout out Rumble fam, because we love you. Shout out everybody else watching and listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course Google Podcasts. If you're watching anywhere else other than the unauthorized, I was going to say the United Opinions, the Unauthorized Opinions YouTube channel, go there right now. You can get there easily by going to uopod.com. Subscribe. Lots of subscribers this week. We're doing it, folks. We're getting there. We're going to do it. We will not be denied. Why? Because we tell the truth, damn it. We tell the truth about obesity on billboards. We tell the truth about transgender people in a Palestine march. We tell the truth about whatever else we talked about today. Psychosis. You, you tune in halfway through this thing and you're just being like, what's he talking about today? And I'm just going on a rant about marijuana and psychosis and thinking, I don't believe it. That's how you know you're watching a good podcast. UOPod.com. We're demonetized. Go to patreon.com slash UOPod so that we can actually try to make some money up in this piece. Thank you very much. We will see you this week, by the way. Popping up somewhere, I think this week, if everything goes well. Brand new stuff this week. You're going to like it. Um... I think I got to go watch football, not the Buffalo Bills, though, because they're too afraid. Turn it up, Jordan.